Dr. Arthur Perry. He's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. John, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. And I went to his office, and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. And he goes, yeah, look at your face. We're going to do with your face. What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. Like I said, I'm going to maybe you could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And I hope you're all having a wonderful weekend. A, uh, a hot weekend, but a uh, nice weekend. Beautiful I, weekend. And that voice you just heard is my co-host, Susan Warner. Susan, how are you today? I'm wonderful, Arthur. How are you? I am just great. And uh, so today we're uh, broadcasting live from the Hamp Hamptons. The Hamptons out here. Uh, so far east, we're almost in London. Uh, uh, the beauty of the East End. Th that's, that's right. And it is beautiful out here. There's more ticks uh, on the lawn out here than any place on earth, I think. So uh, we're, we're trying to dodge those. But we're not here to talk about ticks. We're not here to talk about weather. We are here to, to talk, talk about, about your wrinkles. <laughs> your wrinkles, that's right. Your jowls, your small breasts, your large breasts, your droopy breasts, your protuberant belly. The, uh, she's showing me her turkey gobbler, which she doesn't have. No, you My don't. bands. Yeah, the little bands. Uh, she doesn't have much of a turkey gobbler. We're here to talk about fat, of which you have none. But I today, don't know about that. Today is Fat Day here on uh, <laughs> What's Your Wrinkle. And really, we're going to talk about liposuction. Liposuction? Uh, I thought it was liposuction. It's liposuction. It really is. And I actually went because you berated me, and so many people s speak, and they say liposuction. Liposuction. No, but if you actually look at the word up and look in the Oxford English or Oxford American Dictionary and ask for the pronunciation, it will be... Liposuction. Liposuction. <laughs> no, it'll be liposuction because the word is not lipid, Susan. The word it's for fat lipid. is lipid. That's correct. So it's liposuction, and 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 again, I say that we'll get it over. Everybody says liposuction. That's because of the influence of those Texas plastic surgeons in the 1980s. They overtook the Chicago plastic surgeons, of of which I was one of, and we pronounced it liposuction. So. I don't give up my uh, heritage, uh, you know, my plastic surgery heritage from Chicago. All right, so we're going to talk about liposuction today. We're going to talk about how I do it. The uh, And actually, do you know that it is the most popular procedure? I, I, I just patted her on the arm and she hit me back here. Uh, it is the most popular procedure in all of cosmetic surgery this past year. And every year it's either liposuction, liposuction, or breast augmentations, and this past year, the tw 2021, the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons released their statistics recently. There were 491,000 liposuction procedures last year, which was the highest of all years. It's way up in number, 
And there's a good reason for that. Do you know why there's a good reason? I don't. Why? Because it really does work. And it really is a good procedure. She raises her hand. Go ahead. Is that broken out by body part? Well, with our statistics, no. What do no. you think? Well, I think uh, in women, certainly hips and thighs, that's the biggest area. In men, it's the belly. Uh, but if you take both sexes, women, men, and whatever other sexes there are. Face. Then, yeah. You, uh, <laughs> it's the face. It's the neck. Oh. The neck. Uh, and uh, you may not have read this, uh, this world-famous chapter that I wrote on the, uh, on the uh, book called emedicine.com, but maybe you should look at that, Susan, because I will in, in that tonight. chapter, and, and listeners can go ahead and look at that one also. It's written for plastic surgeons, but it's very interesting. It shows a bunch of my patients, and I have done... Uh, a huge number of neck liposuctions over my career, starting uh, way back in the 1980s. And, uh, and in the old days, back in the 1980s, back in the 1990s, we, we would only do suction on people under age 35. Interesting. Because we thought that people over 35 could not retract their skin. So here's what liposuction is, by the way. We've jumped into it. And, and a lot of people know what we do, but not everybody. And those of you listening to me for the very first time, where the heck have you been? It's been 17 years every Saturday evening here on WOR. And by the way, I don't think I even said, Susan, that uh, listeners can call the show. 800-321-0710 is our phone number here. 800-321-0710. And we're giving away, yeah, we've given away the daytime the last few weeks, but we're back to the soft time moisturizer. So many people love. Love. They love that moisturizer. Love. I know you do. It is uh, such a smooth, non-greasy moisturizer. It goes on really nicely. You can put it on at night. You can put it on your hands, your legs, your sunburn, which you should not have gotten, but it's, it's so nice. So we're giving away bottles of it to callers today. So give me a call. 800-321-0710 is the phone number here at WOR, where Noah is sitting so quietly and so nicely in the studio waiting for you to call and uh, call early because everybody calls the last 10 minutes of the show. We can only get calls in in the beginning. So give me a call, 800-321-0710. And I had a patient this week. She came and she said, you know, I don't hear too many of your patients call the show. And I said, that's because I really don't tell my patients to call the show. You know, I know there are shows out there that have fake phone calls, but not me. I have real phone calls. <laughs> and so, yeah, we, uh, we just have the real. So give me a call. And if you are one of my patients, tonight's the night to call. Okay, but it's not a fake call. But only call if you have good things to say about me. <laughs> don't call if you're going <laughs> to complain. <laughs> You know, I'm very sensitive. So, all right, 800-321-0710, that's the phone number. So we're going to talk about liposuction. So here's what we do. Now, the beauty of this operation, by the way, it started 1977 in France, believe it or not, came to the United States in 1983. By 1985, which was the year that I started my plastic surgery residency at the University of Chicago, I, was a, a, I had a lot of hair in those days. I had dark hair, and uh, I was raring to go, and uh, we did a lot of liposuction at the University of Chicago by 1985, and it was really the most popular procedure that we did in my residency, besides microsurgery and all that stuff. But, but uh, it's such a wonderful pr procedure because prior to the introduction of that procedure, in order to remove fat, we had to make huge incisions. So let's say you had fat on your hips. There were large procedures where we'd take you, make a six-inch incision over your hip, 
take out a piece of skin, take out fat. It really wasn't popular. People didn't do it because the trade-off of taking out that fat and taking out the skin and leaving you with a, uh, a significant scar wasn't a good trade-off. Think about that. You know, you, your goal might be to go into a bathing suit, you know, or a skimpy little dress that they wear uh, to the Oscars. I, I know you've been at those. They. They. <laughs> anyway, yeah, they wear those. So, uh, so it's not a good trade-off. So when we can remove pounds and pounds of fat through quarter-inch incisions that get closed with one stitch, and we can barely see those a couple weeks later, Boy, that's a, uh, a great procedure, and that's what liposuction is all about. She has her hand up. Has the procedure <laughs> changed since 1985? And it has. It has. In those days, it was a very bloody procedure because we didn't know how to control the bleeding. So what we did was uh, it was called a dry procedure. We made an incision, and we put a uh, – we call it a cannula. It's a tube with a blunt tip, and there's some holes in that cannula, but they're not on the end. They're in the sides of the cannula. So we kind of oscillate our arm back and forth. We break up the fat and then suck it out. That's basically what liposuction is. Like a vacuum? Is. Like a vacuum, like a very expensive Hoover. That's what the uh, liposuction machine is. And it's a very high-powered Hoover. Uh, it's not Hoover. Uh, and uh, we break up the fat. We suck it out. And in the old days, we could only remove up to about 2 liters. That was absolutely the, uh, the end point because with 2 liters – we lost two to three units of blood. Now, Susan and I both gave blood yesterday, and uh, I've just violated your HIPAA. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. okay. Yeah, no, we both did. At uh, They had a blood drive in Sag Harbor, so we were both there. And, uh, you know, I'm a big guy, so I gave a unit of blood. That's a pint of blood. I had four Oreo cookies and a, uh, a uh, thing of, of apple juice, and I felt great. And Susan is this petite little woman and she gave blood and you felt a little faint right I, I was a little off yeah so uh better today right so and that was one unit worth of it. blood worth it it definitely and i encourage all my listeners to go out and by the way right now i mean it's the best thing you could possibly do but give platelets give platelets i've given platelets in the past and it's a little more difficult uh because it takes longer and they kind of suck the blood out and put it back in and suck it out and, but it's really good because you know one thing that i appreciated when my wife was sick how desperately she needed platelets and so uh you know i gave platelets then that's when i started giving them very important to do but that's 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 whole blood works too though and it does it does so anyway the point of that is we gave a unit we gave a pint of blood yesterday and we felt fine if you had uh, liposuction back in 1985 you would have lost two or maybe three mm -hmm. pints of blood and you know that really takes a lot out of you it takes a few weeks to make that back and uh, and you felt uh, a little bit uh, sick so we were limited and uh, how much we could do. So the big change was in the late 1980s when we started adding something called epinephrine, which is, we know that as adrenaline, to a mix of fluid that we, we infiltrate the area. And so this is called tumescent liposuction. And that has really become the standard of care where we introduced a large amount of dilute epinephrine solution, very dilute, and that cuts way down on the bleeding. And that has allowed us to remove a lot more fat. So we can, with, uh, we, can, we can remove five liters, five liters of fat, and you go home, and with that you lose maybe a unit, maybe a unit and a half of blood. Uh, yeah, we can do different areas. Now, we are limited 
because it's not just how much I take, but what body surface area I suction from. So there was a, uh, unfortunately, a death. Uh, when I was on the Board of Medical Examiners in New Jersey, I investigated a death of a woman who was very young, and uh, she only had four pounds, which is two liters of fat, removed, but she had suction over a third of her body, and she had huge amounts of local anesthetic uh, used, uh, and that night she went home, and uh, she vomited, and the, uh, the lidocaine that was in her body got very... Uh, um, concentrated and she wound up dying and that opened my eyes I actually wound up doing a study in my office that I published uh, showing that lidocaine is not necessary for the use uh, f to be used in liposuction how do they anesthetize you are you awake during it well that's the point so I think th and any anesthesiologist you talk to thinks that a good general anesthetic going to sleep is so much safer than trying to numb up enormous areas of your body using enormous areas of lidocaine. So that's the contribution that I made to plastic surgery. It was a, uh, a heavily cited paper. I wrote a chapter in a textbook, and you won't even want to read the chapter because it's avoidance of disaster in liposuction. That was the name of the chapter. Uh, but it's very important. You know, and I talked uh, a few weeks ago about how plastic surgery has been entertainmentized. Entertainmentized. People think it's uh, it's nothing. You know, going uh, lunch. I've seen these these ads for lunch hour liposuction. We've all watched it on yeah. television. Crazy, crazy. It's not a game. It's not entertainment. It's a real surgical endeavor, and it's something you take very seriously. So when we come back from our break, we've got a bunch of phone calls already. So hang on the line. Uh, we're going to talk more about liposuction and the different areas that we can do and all the different types of liposuction because there are many. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. The phone number 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. What do you want from your skincare? I know what you want. You want products that actually do what they're supposed to do. And you want skincare that's simple to use. You want skincare that's non-toxic. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've created exactly that. Great skincare with effective ingredients, inexpensive, and easy to use. And to look great, you only need four products. I've got daytime SPF 20 skin protector. That's your foundation. I've got a moisturizer and a nighttime serum that contains vitamin C and A, fruit acid, antioxidants and skin brighteners and once you've used my clean time soap well you're never going to be able to go back to the cleansers that have been harming your skin for years I want everyone to try my products so for a limited time I'm giving WOR listeners 20% off go to drperrys.com that's d-r-p-e-r-r-y-s.com or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY use the WOR21 code for the discount to learn more listen every Saturday evening at 6pm right here on W-O-R. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry co-hosting with Susan Warner. And Susan has her own podcast. Susan, what's the name of your podcast? Susan is Suddenly Single. Yeah, she is. And, uh, and she is. This is a great podcast. If you haven't listened, you have to listen to this. How do you get your podcast, Susan? Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Google. All those things, all available. Right. Uh, yep. And especially iHeart. And, and put, in, uh, put in 
Susan Warner's name. Right. Or, or go to SusanSWarner.com. You can get all of my writing and all of my podcasts as well. She writes essays. She's got a book coming out. It's really going to be something. And, uh, and I'm so happy to have her as my co-host because uh, I have had many of my patients, and I know you're listening, and they said, you know, your show's much more listenable now that you have a, a co-host that's articulate and interesting. We don't have to listen to you drone on for an hour. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, You don't drone, Dr. Perry. Thanks so much for uh, (laughs) the vote of confidence. Yeah, the vote of confidence here. Okay, that's okay. I've got thick skin. All right, I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. And we've got uh, Rosemary on the line. What can I do for you, Rosemary? What's your wrinkle? Um, uh, Yes, uh, I understand that you use a lot of Botox, but I also know that Botox is a deadly poison, and I wondered if you use it on people over and over again, if it, you know, it ever had any effect on them. Yeah, so, you know, Rosemary, it's interesting. Uh, Botox is actually, and it's, it's, it's a botulinum toxin, so it's not just Botox. There's Xeomin, there's Dysport, and then there's others. And it is a toxin. It's a poison. Isn't that something? As so many of our drugs are. Do you know that virtually all drugs have a window uh, where they're helpful, and then if you exceed the amounts that uh, are beneficial, you get into toxic and even deadly amounts. Like, you can kill yourself with Tylenol. You can, any drug that you take, and I bet you have a little list of drugs that you take, uh, if you take too many, you'll die from it. So just a, a little disclaimer about drugs. So what we do is uh, botulinum toxin is actually the most potent toxin known to mankind. Isn't that interesting? And, you know, uh, my average person, I might inject between 20 and 50 units of Botox. And do you know what that means? Rosemary, this is not a great marketing ploy on my part, but that one unit is the amount that it takes to kill a mouse. (laughs) How's that? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I hope you're not a mouse. But we know, we know that it's got a long history. I have been injecting Botox. In the Botox world, I'm a veteran because I've been injecting Botox in my patients since 1997, so 25 years of Botox. I have patients that I've injected hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times over the last 25 years. And there are studies, there are longevity studies, there, there do not appear to be any harmful effects other than, I mean, if you like your wrinkles, that's a bad thing if they go away, right? Uh, if you don't like your wrinkles, it's a good thing that Botox makes your wrinkles go away. And uh, <laughs> so uh, I think it's a wonder drug. In fact, there are so many uses for Botox. I use it for cosmetic reasons, but there are literally hundreds of uses for Botox now. I mean, we talked uh, a couple weeks ago about how it can stop sweating for sweaty palms and underarms and, and, uh, and feet. Uh, it can help with urinary incontinence. Uh, it can help with migraine headaches. Susan's pointing to her head. And there are hundreds and hundreds of uses for Botox. And you know what? There, yeah, I mean, anything can have problems. Uh, but when used by a responsible board-certified plastic surgeon or dermatologist, boy, it's safe. It is so safe. And, uh, and the worst thing I've ever had with Botox has been maybe a bruise here and there. That's it. All right? Oh, that's good to know. Did I? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I put you to sleep there. you got to stay, uh, you know. No, no. This is a quick-moving show. No, I, 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 stay uh, with it here. That's good to know, Yeah. <laughs> All right. I hope I answered your question. Yes, you did. 
Okay, Rosemary. Thanks so much for the phone call. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And the phone number, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. And by the way, so we talked about liposuction, liposuction, excuse me, liposuction being the number one cosmetic surgical procedure, but that's surgery. Do you know, Susan, what the most common procedure of all cosmetic surgery is? Not necessarily surgery, there's your hint. How about, how about a non-surgical procedure? Do you know? I would think it's um, injections. Injections. And what kind of injections? What do you think, Susan? Botox. Oh, you're good. You're good. See, she's listening to the show. Yes. Last year, the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons, we call it the Aesthetic Society now. They're shortening their name uh, to protect the innocent here. So they're shortening the name. And, and they put out statistics every year. And uh, last year's statistics... 3.7 million people had Botox last year in the United States. And, and we say Botox, but in all fairness, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the industry leader. I think they have about 70, 80% market share, but there's Xeomin and there's Dysport, and I use them interchangeably. And there's hardly a day goes by that I don't do Botox. And remember that, uh, you know, Anita Bryant used to sing, What's a Day Without Botox? I don't think that's what she's saying no, about it. I think uh, it was orange it was juice. Orange juice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> You're showing your age, Dr. Perry. Anita My, Bryant. Anita, yeah, who's Anita Bryant? The, yes, the 20-somethings are saying, what kind of a reference is it? The 40-somethings But the 20-somethings in Botox, this baby Botox movement seems to be really strong. And it is, it is very strong. I get people now, you know, I say 15 years ago, I would turn down a 20-something. But, but quite honestly, there's data that show that if we inject Botox or Xeomin or one of those things into the forehead, I can stall the formation of wrinkles. Uh, absolutely. And it makes a lot of sense if you can't frown. Now, I know that you like to frown at me. And, uh, when you I don't. No. But when you frown... You know, you, you uh, create a wrinkle by a repetitive use injury in the skin. It's kind of like if you had a piece of cardboard and you bent it, you know, eventually, bend it three or four times, it's going to crack. And that's exactly what happens to the dermis, which is the lower portion of your skin. So a little lesson for you, Susan, and listeners out there. I know there's two or three of you. At, no, we have 41,000, I believe, at last count. That's good. Thank you for listening. Uh, you know, I want millions, but hey, you know, we can't get greedy. One at a time. Thank you. But anyway, so, uh, so when, we, uh, when we frown, we bend the collagen. That's the dermis. So our skin has two layers. It's got the waterproofing layer called the epidermis. That's what keeps us dry. That's what we look at. So if I say you look beautiful, I'm saying you have a beautiful epidermis. That's what I'm saying. Now, the underlying layer is called the dermis, and that is the collagen layer. That's what the structural layer. That's what holds us together. So when you look at a pair of shoes that are made of leather, that's 100% collagen. So our skin, you know, there's, a, there's some other things in there. You know, the co there's collagen, there's hyaluronic acid. That's the uh, chemical that keeps the water in our skin. There's elastin. Uh, elastin, they're the stretchy fibers in the skin. All of these, by the way, decrease as we get older. So if you're in your 20s, you've got a nice thick skin layer. You know, it actually increases in thickness from 20 to 30, and that's the peak. It's downhill from there, Susan. Now, you mm -hmm. look, what, about 35? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So you're, I don't know, how 
I'm not going to ask you how old you are. We don't want you to reveal that on the air, Susan. But let's just say, no, let's say you're 50. If you're 50, then you have lost 20% of the thickness of your skin, 20% of the collagen, 20% of the elastin, 20% of the hyaluronic acid of your skin over the course of those 20 years. And eventually, your skin thins to the point where when you use it, when you animate your face, then it eventually cracks. And people who are very observant and they say, you know, I didn't have that wrinkle last week or a couple weeks ago. It's true. I believe in aging spurts. Aging spurts are... uh, are due to a decline in hormones and a decline in uh, the thickness of the skin as you get older. And, uh, you know, we don't age in a linear fashion. You know, we don't grow in a linear fashion. There are growth spurts, you know. So when you were 12, Susan, and you, you sprouted three inches, right? And, uh, you know, when you're, uh, when you're 60, uh, you might have a, an aging spurt and all of a sudden lose hair if you're a man or, uh, or maybe get more hair on your face if you're a woman. Or, uh, or maybe put fat into your neck and maybe the fat goes away from your mid-cheeks. A lot of things happen as you get older, and they don't happen linearly. And a lot of it is stress-related. We know that. When, uh, when we lose a spouse, when we, uh, when we lose a job, and we're stressed and we have high steroid levels in our body, we know that steroid hormones are our aging hormones. I think we'll have Mike Royzen on again in a few weeks. We'll talk a little bit about about that. When, when Mike and I co-hosted this uh, show, Susan, I learned so much about, uh, about things like that. So uh, we'll have him back. But, but certainly when we go through aging spurts, we look at ourselves in the mirror and lo and behold, there are wrinkles. So baby Botox, that's what started this discussion. You know, we can, uh, we can avoid a lot of that. We really could. So, uh, you know, and, and it's baby Botox. It's really the same doses of Botox. People, it's, it's a kind of a marketing term when we talk about that. People think, oh, I'm just getting a little tiny bit of Botox. But you know what? That's like being a little bit pregnant. You have to, uh, you have to do it for real because if we don't Botox appropriately, if the muscle moves, whether you're 25 years old or 65 years old, we're not going to achieve the effect of the Botox, and that is to paralyze the muscle and, and get the best possible effect we, uh, by decreasing the visibility of wrinkles and allowing your body to heal in those wrinkles. Got it, Susan? There's going to be a test wow. later tonight. Thank you. All right. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. The phone number, 800-321-0710. That's 800-321-0710. This week, we do have a small studio audience. We have a Scottish Terrier who's being very good this week. Winston. We have Winston, yes. And uh, Winston, uh, you know, last week, those of you who listened, And a lot of you heard Winston. He was misbehaving, but not tonight. No, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. These last two years have aged us terribly, but masks are coming off, and it's time to get back out there. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I'm here to help. I smooth forehead wrinkles with Botox and creatively use fillers for wrinkles around the mouth. Filler also plumps shrunken lips, and filler smooths the jawline. It makes your chin and cheeks more prominent, and along with lasers and Ulthera, even improves upper chest lines and aging hands. And when it's time, I'm a surgeon. I perform short scar, face, and neck lifts to help restore your youthful appearance. My offices are in Manhattan on Park and 73rd and in Somerset, New Jersey. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Let's sit down and come up with a plan to get you looking and feeling better. Check me out at www.perrymd.com. 
periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I am co-hosting with... Susan Warner. Susan Warner, who has her own podcast. Susan is suddenly single, and I hope everybody goes to it, listens to it, reads her stuff, her stuff, because it's good. And uh, stuff. your stuff is good, Susan. So uh, we're talking tonight about liposuction, which is the most popular procedure in all of plastic surgery, most popular surgical procedure. You know, for uh, we had that question about Botox, which is the uh, by far the most popular cosmetic procedure, but. That's not in the operating room. But, so let me tell you about liposuction. So when I get a patient, first of all, um, I have patients that come to me and think that I can just suction away dozens of pounds of fat. Do you think that's safe, Susan? Uh, no. <laughs> Very good. It's not safe. It's not at all safe. So rule number one, liposuction is not a method of weight loss. That is so important. And so many people think, oh, you know, I'm just going to gain weight and I can have it sucked right out of me. No. That's how you die. That is how you die when you uh, allow someone to suction too much fat out of you. Not a good idea. So basically, liposuction is a procedure for people who are at or near their ideal weight. So do you know what the BMI is, Susan? Your body fat. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is a number that we assign to uh, the relationship between your height and your weight. And and, you know, let's say, uh, you know, Susan, you weigh like about 120 pounds, 110 pounds. 120. 120. There you are. And how tall are you? 5'5". Five, five. Oh, so you're 120 and 5'5". Five, five. Do you know that the top weight for a normal weight person of your height is 149 pounds? 149 pounds. And that allows you to be normal weight. And that's a BMI under 25. So the number to hang your hat on, whether you're 6'1 and a man or 5'5 five, five and a woman, I'm 6'1, I'm 187 and a half pounds. Actually, I gained two pounds this week. So I slipped right over. And it's a, you get up to 188 and I have a normal BMI. I'm considered overweight if I'm 190. It's true. That's unbelievable. And yeah, it's true. As, as spelt as I appear. Uh, but, but certainly, um, over 30 is considered obese. So there's a difference between overweight and obese. It, you're automatically excluded from liposuction if you're obese. By national standards that have been set by a group of plastic surgeons who have said, you know, it's not really safe if you're obese. So if you're obese, you need to talk to your doctor about a weight loss program. Maybe go to my friend George Fielding at NYU and have a lap band or something like that. Uh, but you don't want to have liposuction. If you are near your ideal weight, certainly within your ideal weight, or maybe slightly overweight but not obese, then, uh, yeah. And, and you might ask, so if it's 149 at 5'5", five five, what's a, uh, I have a lot of patients that are 5'3". That seems to be such a common height for women, and uh, that goes up to 140. That's what you're allowed. And that's still, you know, I mean, if you look at someone 140, there's a few extra pounds on her. Uh, but still, that's considered normal weight. So... Rule number one, it's not a method of weight loss. It is a method of body contouring when you're close to your ideal weight. So when I see a patient for a liposuction consultation, uh, it is usually someone under the age of 60. 
under the age of 60. I have done plenty of suctions on people over the age of 60. I think the oldest person I did liposuction on as an independent procedure was uh, young 70s. But it depends on the quality of your skin. So if I'm going to remove fat, and, and by the way, we do this usually under general anesthesia. I can remove small amounts under local anesthesia, such as the neck or the knees or, you know, isolated little areas. Ankles, I do, I've done cankles under. You know what cankles are, Susan? Those thick ankles. Thick ankles, yes. I've done cankles, and cankles can be done under local anesthesia. But, but if we're going to uh, be doing larger areas that require a lot of local anesthetic, I do prefer uh, doing it under general anesthesia. And uh, a short general anesthesia, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm lisping Tongue twisted. Here. Tongue twisted. A short general anesthetic by a board-certified anesthesiologist, a well-trained one, uh, it's such a safe thing. Do you know, a as a little uh, aside, when I was a medical student back in the dark ages, the death rate from general anesthesia was 1 in 2,000. Isn't that something? It was something to be feared. Do you know what it is now? No. About one between one and a half million and one in a million. Wow. What yeah. was the change? Well, the change was uh, uh, things like oximetry. When, when I was in medical school, the way you uh, decided whether or not someone was getting enough oxygen was to look at the color of their lips and the col color of their fingernails. Now we have oximeters and mm -hmm. we have carbon dioxide monitors and we know exactly how much anesthetic agent is used. Plus we have a better understanding, thanks a lot to Michael Roizen, who, uh, who really was a great leader in setting the standards for anesthesia uh, in the United States. Um, and we know what lab tests to do. So for instance, I, uh, I have all my patients Every one of my patients gets uh, seen by an internist prior to surgery and gets cleared by an inter internist. And if you're over 60, Susan, you get a stress test. So if you don't want a stress test, I can't operate on you. And, and we're talking about real surgery, whether you're having a, a tummy tuck, whether you're having a facelift, eyelids. You get a stress test because I know uh, that there are going to be some people over the age of 60 that have occult coronary artery disease. You don't even know you have it. Uh, and so we want to do a stress test. A stress test is a controlled event. Heaven forbid there's something wrong. You go to the cardiologist, you get a stent, you get medication, whatever it takes, and, and then we can do your procedure in a safe way. If, on the other hand, we don't know that, Susan, then uh, the uncontrolled stress test is surgery, and that's exactly what we don't want. So we want healthy people uh, to have these procedures, particularly something like liposuction. So anyway, now... We have the patients come in, and I assess them. And a lot of people want a lot of different areas suction. So for the most common area in a woman is uh, the saddlebags. So uh, I don't know if you have saddlebags, Susan, but, uh, but a lot of women do. They're the lateral thighs. The, that's what we call the, uh, the saddlebags. And, then, and I've had people with such large mounds of fat that they, were, uh, they couldn't wear pants that, that in any way matched their tops. So they had a very slender top of their body and enormous thighs and hips. And boy, what a godsend this procedure is because in just two hours, in two hours under general anesthesia with a few little incisions, I can suction that fat, I can take it out of you, and uh, you know, I like to, to take a picture of it and show my patients afterwards. Most, most want to see that fat. It's very interesting. It looks a little like chicken fat. Oh, okay, we won't talk about that. I've just turned off half my audience. Uh, the other half wants to see those pictures on the Internet now. So, uh, uh, yeah, so we suction that out. We put one stitch in each of those areas. And then, shockingly, Susan, 
it doesn't hurt. And I can say that for a fact because I actually published the study in the journal Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. And what I did was I numbed up one thigh and I did not numb up the other thigh. And then I did the procedures under general anesthesia. So the purpose of the study was to show uh, that it was not necessary to use lidocaine. And it turned out that on the thigh that I numbed up versus the thigh that I did not numb up, on a scale of 1 to 10, the pain was 1. one. And almost everybody with a pain of 1 just takes Tylenol afterwards. They don't take, so I don't even give a narcotic like Tylenol or Codeine or Percocet. Yes? Burning question. If you have liposuction in one area, does the fat come back in another area of oh, your body? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, here's the deal. Here's the deal. So what happens to people, and the, I'm going to tell you yes, okay? But right I've always thought bat. I can deal with the problems I have. How do I know how to deal with the new fat okay. problems? So here's what happens. So, so our bodies, we have fat in our body for a reason. And, and here we are willy-nilly suctioning it out. And boy, I'll tell you, a couple hundred years ago, people would have thought that was such a stupid thing to do because we worked so hard to get our food and put our fat on because if we couldn't get a, uh, you know, kill a cow for a couple months, uh, we had to live on that fat for a long time. Uh, so, so, you know, the fat has a survival advantage, but hopefully, hopefully in this day and age, we don't have to rely on being obese to keep ourselves alive in times of starvation. So, Here's what happens, though. When I remove the fat, the body gets very good at retaining other fat. And we have almost like a set point that our body wants to be at. And we're constantly fighting it. Everybody knows that. Everybody who's dieting constantly, we know that. It's tough. And, and the tendency is for people to put on a few extra calories uh, over the course of a few months. And so there was a study about six or seven years ago that showed that the majority of people who had suctioning from their thighs put the fat on in another area. Yeah, you have to be careful. I mean, there's nothing I can do about this. It's up to you. Uh, so, so that's diet and exercise? It's diet and exercise, or maybe then we take it off your belly then. Mm. Uh, you know, so each area of our body has a different, uh, a different set point where we put the fat. So we know, everybody knows, you put a couple extra pounds on, it goes to your hips first, or it goes to your thighs first, or it goes to your face. Your face, right. You know, when you're over uh, 50 or so, it tends to go in your neck. Why is that? <laughs> Why? But you know what? That's such a great area to suction. I, uh, I saw a woman last week in my office, and uh, I think she's listening tonight. Uh, I suctioned her neck and jowls. I suctioned her back. I suctioned her flanks. And she, I saw her this week. She's three months after surgery. She looks like she lost 25 pounds. She saw, and, and I kind of set her up for this. I said, it looks like you lost 25 pounds. And I know she did not. And she said, I didn't lose a pound. She just looks it. And that's uh, why I call suction of the neck and jowls the biggest bang for your buck procedure in all of cosmetic surgery. Because in that operation, I can do it in uh, less than an hour. And I can do it under local anesthesia. I make a little tiny incision right under the chin and a little incision under each ear. And I can suction out. My, my world's record is eight ounces of fat. And what an enormous difference that makes. And the interesting thing, you might think, if you've got all this fat in your neck and it's hanging down like a turkey gobbler, like the turkey we saw in the Hamptons last week with this big thing hanging down from its neck. So when I suction that out, you might think that the skin would simply hang, right? Right. 
but this is where 10th grade geometry comes in, Susan. Mm, so not you're my strong suit. Well, you're a college counselor, and you deal with high school students all the time. She's the best, by the way. She can get people in. Mm, with no, she can't. No, she can't. <laughs> no, she, can't. <laughs> all right. she can help. <laughs> she can help. I'm kidding. All right, so, so with, that, with that fat in the neck, if you look at your neck, and those of you who are, have fat in your neck, if, as long as you're not driving, look in the mirror. Go to the mirror, and you can see that you have three sides of a triangle in your neck. You had the two sides when you were a kid, and now that you're a 60-year-old woman with a few extra pounds and a big fat neck, you have a hypotenuse in your neck. Remember that one? I do. It's the hypotenuse instead of the other two sides of the triangle. When I remove the fat from your neck, I now take that skin and it redrapes over the two sides of the triangle. Oh my God. Those of you who hated geometry, you are glazing, your eyes are glazing <laughs> over right now. But really, this is, this is applied geometry because what happens is the skin redrapes over a longer distance. So it looks like it's been tightened. And mm -hmm. that is one of the almost magical that's things. Fantastic. It really is with liposuction of the neck and jowls. And that's why, um, you know, back in the old days, I told you we didn't do it in anyone over 35. And I remember I did a 47-year-old woman. I took six ounces of fat out of her neck, and it was back 25 years ago. And I had a remarkable result. In fact, she, I think, is in that chapter on emedicine.com that I published on this exact topic. Um, so I went to publish it, and, and, you know, you have to be fast in the publishing world. And someone beat me to the punch, and they, uh, they published a series of patients over the age of 35 that they then, then did liposuction of the neck and jowls, and it was successful because the skin can redrape. We would think it would hang, but it doesn't hang. So In is most that cases. a precursor to a facelift? Can you do that oh, first? That is great. Thank you. That's why I have you <laughs> as the co-host, really. These no, are not set-up questions. No, they're, they're not. No, it's, it's true. So here's what happens. So let's say you're 50, and I suction the fat out of your neck. What I will do is I'll warn you that underneath that fat are the two bands of the neck that you might not see yet, right? Yeah, you might not see them, but when I take the fat away, you might see them. You might not see them this year, but you might see them five years from now. And when you see those, then what we have to do is a facelift so I ha or a neck lift. I have to tighten those bands in the neck. Now, it's very important that your surgeon know what he or she is doing because here's what also can happen. When I examine your neck, uh, it's very difficult for you and sometimes the surgeon to know is the fat underneath the skin or is the fat underneath the muscles of your neck. And if I don't get this right, I'll suction the fat out and you'll still have a fat neck because if you have fat underneath the muscle, it's called, you ready for this one? Subplatismal fat. Oh, my God. You know, we have these great that words. That one's okay. Yeah, all right, not too bad. Subplatismal fat. I need to make an incision. I need to open up the neck and remove that fat directly. And then I do what's called a platysmoplasty, which I like to call a band lift. And that tightens the bands of the neck. That gets rid of the fat of the neck. But that's where the plastic surgeon needs to know what he or she is doing. That's why you don't find a fly-by-night, you know, the cheapest guy in the block. Yep. You want someone that knows what they're doing because they really have to examine you appropriately and make sure. And, and that, that's a key point. And, and you might not be a candidate for liposuction. If you have too much loose skin, 
I know at what point you're not going to be able to retract that skin. And then you're a candidate for a neck lift or a facelift. And what is a facelift? What's a neck lift? A facelift is a neck lift and a cheek lift. Sometimes we do neck lifts alone, but usually it's a combined procedure. We're going to take a short break now. This is Dr. Arthur Perry co-hosting with Susan Warner, who's asking, asking the questions that you should be asking. Why aren't you calling? 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. What do you want from your skincare? I know what you want. You want products that actually do what they're supposed to do. And you want skincare that's simple to use. You want skincare that's non-toxic. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've created exactly that. Great skincare with effective ingredients, inexpensive, and easy to use. And to look great, you only need four products. I've got daytime SPF 20 skin protector. That's your foundation. I've got a moisturizer and a nighttime serum that contains vitamin C and A, fruit acid, antioxidants and skin brighteners and once you've used my clean time soap well you're never going to be able to go back to the cleansers that have been harming your skin for years i want everyone to try my products so for a limited time i'm giving wor listeners 20 percent off go to drperrys.com that's d-r-p-e-r-r-y-s.com or give us a call at 844 Perry. use the wor21 code for the discount to learn more listen every saturday evening at 6 p.m right here on on WOR. These last two years have aged us terribly, but masks are coming off and it's time to get back out there. I'm board certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry and I'm here to help. I smooth forehead wrinkles with Botox and creatively use fillers for wrinkles around the mouth. Filler also plumps shrunken lips and filler smooths the jawline. It makes your chin and cheeks more prominent and along with lasers and Ulthera even improves upper chest lines and aging hands. And when it's time, I'm a surgeon. I perform short scar, face, and neck lifts to help restore your youthful appearance. My offices are in Manhattan on Park and 73rd and in Somerset, New Jersey. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Let's sit down and come up with a plan to get you looking and feeling better. Check me out at www.perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. And we're back. This is Dr. Perry. Uh, usually we get the, uh, you're listening to What's Your Wrinkle? You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And, and you know you know who recorded that? My, uh, my daughter, Meredith. That's her voice. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. She's got a great voice. She used to be opposite me. She was at the University of Pennsylvania, and she did the Penn radio program while I was on the air in New York. So she had an audience of about six or seven people, and... <laughs> <laughs> and then she would occasionally guest with me here. Those are the days. She's in Los Angeles now. All right. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I am sitting with Susan Warner, my co-host, who's asking the poignant questions about liposuction tonight. And we're talking about what is liposuction? Fat removal. You had another question, Susan. I do. What's aftercare? I understand you have to wear a garment. What do you do about your neck? All right. So here's the deal. So we do this as an outpatient in usually a surgery center. So... Now I'm operating at the surgery centers at, uh, in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and we opened Tribeca, by the way. Uh, we're looking at October. Uh, you know, we were Maybe hoping. Maybe September. Eh, well, let's hope. Let's hope. You know, they're, they're, the walls are going up. It's looking good. We are, we, we're, oh, we've almost hired our anesthesia group. We've got 
so much happening now. It's all-encompassing. I can't wait to get in there and, uh, and operate in Tribeca with my partners, uh, Oren Tepper and Evan Garfine. We're going to have them on uh, the show in a couple weeks, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, okay, so here we go. We're in the surgery center. You leave about an hour and a half later. Uh, surprisingly little discomfort. I do not prescribe anything other than Tylenol afterwards. And, uh, you know, people uh, bruise quite a bit. You ooze a little bit that first night, and you bruise quite a bit. You look like an eggplant. An eggplant. Yeah, you do. Okay, that's all right. You have to face that. And uh, you wear this garment afterwards. Now, the first day, we put a garment on you. It's like a girdle. Yeah, now you're, you know, like 100 pounds, so you don't need <laughs> a girdle. But, uh, but really, this girdle has actually a hole cut in it so that you don't have to take it out to go to the bathroom that first night because that's uncomfortable. So while I say it doesn't hurt, if you were to touch the area, it hurts. So it's a difference if you have a bruise on your thigh. You know, you look at it, you say, that doesn't hurt, and you touch it. Ooh, that hurts. And it's the same thing with liposuction. So... When can you shower? Well, you shower. I see you the next day. I always see you a day after. You take off those garments. We have some gauze in it uh, underneath the garments. You take those off, and I send you home with a clean garment. You shower that day. And I always tell my patients, shower with a friend that first time because, <laughs> you know, sometimes people get a little dizzy. They look down. They see the betadine running off their body, and, you know, they look at themselves. They look at the uh, purple thighs. Uh, not a good idea to shower alone. So hopefully you have a, uh, a spouse, friend. a friend, a trained pet, an Uber driver, something like that, that can be in the shower, oh, my goodness, with you. And, uh, and then uh, after that, you're going to get in another garment. The garments afterwards are they're almost like Spanx, mm-hmm. um, and they're tight-fitting. But, you know, there's not a lot of science to those garments, Susan. There really isn't. And I've searched for the science, and I've read every paper, and no one can really show that there's a difference between people that wear the garments and don't wear the garments. You know, my feeling, and I always hate to say, I live with science in plastic surgery, and I hate to use the words, my feeling is that it's good. But in this case, I have to say that there's not the science. My feeling is that they are reasonable to wear in the beginning. So you wear them, I tell people, as much as you can for the first two weeks. On the neck, it's more like five, six days. And then after two weeks, maybe wear them at night. It's like compression? It's compression, and it helps uh, It helps the collection of blood underneath the skin so that it doesn't kind of uh, uh, get in little bald areas, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it keeps it smooth, and I, I think it makes sense. Uh, but there aren't good controlled studies that show that it makes much of a difference. So I tell my patients, if they're really bothered by the garments, they don't have to put them on. Uh, but I think it does make sense. So, so, you know, this is a great time to do it. It's June. Uh, you know, we do liposuction. I'm doing a lot right now. And, uh, and when we do the suction, you go home the same day, you feel okay. Uh, you know, you're not going to drive for about two or three days. You can go back to work maybe four or five days later. It's not a debilitating procedure. It's not like a tummy tuck where you're going to take two, maybe even three weeks off. With liposuction, it is a procedure that you go back to work very quickly. You get in a bathing suit around two weeks. Wow. Around two weeks. Now, it might not be that revealing bathing suit that you might eventually want to get into. Well, it's not going to have legs, I presume. Legs all the way down to your toes. <laughs> got those little toes. No, <laughs> no but, you know, uh, you know, you might want to cover up just a little bit, but uh, the final result is not apparent for about three months after surgery. Uh, but you certainly look better by two weeks when that bruising, that eggplant color is gone. So that's kind of the course. Now, a lot of people ask me, do you do laser liposuction, Dr. Perry? 
no, I don't do laser liposuction. And why don't I do laser liposuction? Because there is no advantage to using the laser. And the people, they actually did a survey a couple of years ago, uh, and they looked at plastic surgeons. And the ones that did laser liposuction was only, only like 3% of plastic surgeons. And thankfully, they all admitted they did it for marketing reasons. There's no advantage to doing laser liposuction. And in fact, there are a few studies that show that it's not as safe as traditional liposuction because there are collections of clear fluid, there are burns to the skin, and there's an increase in the fatty acids that get in the bloodstream after laser liposuction, and there's some question about uh, safety to the liver with that. So I don't do laser liposuction. The same thing goes for ultrasonic liposuction. There are all these, these things that sound really good, you know, but don't make a difference. And a lot of people say, oh, do you do power-assisted liposuction, Dr. Perry? And that is, uh, you know, I can do it. I have done it. It's uh, where instead of my hand driving the, oh, sounds terrible, right, the uh, cannula back and forth, it's a machine driving it back and forth. Oh, there's Winston barking in the background. That's wonderful. <laughs> you know, it shows you that we're doing this remotely in the Hamptons. We're not in the studio. Uh, but, uh, you know, because they won't let us in the studio yet, but we'll be back sooner or later. Anyway, so the oscillation of the, uh, the, the it's called the microair cannula, is uh, it doesn't add anything for the patient. It reduces the physical uh, stress on the surgeon, and so that's why some surgeons like that. But there's no real reason to use power-assisted liposuction. You know, I always say the reason to use it would be to give you, the patient, a better result. And with power-assisted liposuction, no, there isn't. Now, how about those other non-invasive things? You know, maybe you say, I want to get rid of fat with something else, and, you know, so... We can freeze fat. Everybody knows cool sculpting. You know, I don't do it. I was going to do it, but I don't do, uh, I don't do it. And the reason I don't do it is because, you know, quite honestly, I just don't think it's profound enough a, uh, a, an effect. I know that uh, there is a benefit. There have been studies that show that it works. But it's, uh, it's uh, you know, I, I always say that the amount of fat that's removed with, uh, with freezing the fat is what I eat at a good night at Patsy's Restaurant in New York. So what can I tell you? I, you know, some people use it, and I think uh, there's no question that if you do it enough times, uh, it will look better. There are complications even with freezing the fat. There's that paroxysmal adipose hypertrophy. Remember that Linda Evangelista, yes, the, uh, very the supermodel, had that. And, she, and I actually think there's a class action lawsuit now be about that. So I don't know. You know, I'm not going to be freezing fat off anytime in the uh, near future. What about the, the newer technologies frying the fat? You know, we can freeze it. We can fry it. We looks like, it, sounds it. Like a, it sounds like a Saturday Night Live <laughs> skit. Let's see what we can do to the fat to make it go away. Uh, yeah, so there are these new devices and there are four different companies that have made, she's shaking her head, but I had it. I've seen the data. There was a, a paper that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that was published in uh, Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery uh, for one of these uh, radio frequency heating and high intensity focused electromagnetic treatment. Wow, that's a mouthful. And, uh, and it was a well done controlled study in the May issue of Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. And it showed that uh, after a month, you lost 20% of the thickness of the fat. After three months, you lost 28% of the thickness of the fat. And with the very same machine, it can cause your muscle, your rectus muscle. You see my, my six pack board, my six pack. I have like a 40 pack here, but <laughs> 
No, it's getting better. I lost, uh, you know, 35 pounds. Uh, and and go I've to kept, the gym. I've kept it off. So, yeah, actually it was 40 at one point where I put a couple on. But, yes, and I'm going to the gym. But we won't go there. But these machines, I had one treatment. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen much of an effect from that one treatment, but you're supposed to have three treatments or more. And I do think, uh, that, uh, based on the publications that are good quality publications, we are going, going to have these machines in our Tribeca facility because I do think they work, and I'll be doing it once a week, <laughs> getting rid of my fat and, and making the muscle of my belly and elsewhere on my body thicker. All right, Noah's beginning to uh, make uh, frantic sounds in the control room. Uh, he says, it's time to, uh, to leave. Check me out at periplasticsurgery.com during the week. You can order the products that we talk about on the show at drperrys.com. That's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S. Dot com and uh, and remember there's a, a special code for W O R listeners uh, and you can get twenty percent off if you use the W O R twenty one code and Susan's podcast is Susan suddenly single suddenly single Susan, you can go to that you can get any podcast uh, any venue and you can get hers and uh, no I want to thank you and don't forget to listen to David Folk Thomas he's the greatest news broadcaster ever and he's coming right up after we're off. Thanks so much for great engineering, Noah. It's been a fun day. We'll see everybody next week at 6 o'clock. Bye-bye now.